Now, which countries would be good candidates for this type of funder of, of last resort? In the paper, we describe some of the conditions that central bankers and other professional economists argue for such a funder of last resort role. This includes very low inflation, very low growth, very low or zero interest rates, usually high government debt such that governments cannot continue to try and stimulate demand by borrowing. In addition, we talk about the relative level of corruption between the fiscal authorities and the central bank. If the central bank is less corrupt and more competent than fiscal authorities, then it's clearly the central bank that should be providing this kind of funding. Assuming you believe that more independent central banks are less corrupt, more competent, then there might be a role to play for a funder of last resort in places like Romania, Bosnia, Ukraine, Bulgaria, interestingly Greece, and even if you kind of widen your judgment, you might consider central banks in places like Lithuania, Georgia, the Oman, serving this role as a funder of last resort in places where the fiscal authorities are seen as more corrupt and the central bank is seen as more independent and thus hopefully more competent and less corrupt. So what is the result of all this analysis? Figure 10 foreshadows our own results by looking at the variety of asset purchases undertaken by central banks in various jurisdictions. What this author shows is that countries at different income levels chose to purchase different kinds of assets in order to respond to the economic crisis. A one-size-buy-all approach to assets will not work in various jurisdictions. What we don't know is the extent to which buying government versus private assets will help an advanced economy versus a emerging economy, and we don't know the extent to which that reflects necessarily on investment. Figure 45 shows the general relationship between central bank private securities purchases and investment as a percent of GDP for all countries everywhere, and thus to some extent for no country nowhere. On the x-axis, we show the extent of central bank private securities purchases scaled from 0 to 1. We talk as a percent of GDP, but they're scales, so we're looking at countries that are buying relatively few private securities versus those that are buying a lot of private securities, and we're looking at those effects on investment. For those jurisdictions that are adding some private securities into their central bank's asset portfolios, investments increasing. For central banks that add just a little bit of private securities into their asset portfolios, we see a relatively large impact on investment, and we see this relationship grow steadily over time with bumps along the asset acquisition path. So as a central bank starts to accumulate more and more private sector assets, its impact on investment increases, but one cannot say that this is a linear or clear relationship, not only because we're looking at different countries, but we're looking at these countries over time. 
The main message, though, from this graph roughly shows the overall main message from our analysis. As central banks purchase more private sector assets and serve as a funder of last resort, that this helps to promote investment, except in those sloth cases, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Figure 41 shows the same relationship for different geographical regions. There are certain high points for a central bank's acquisition of these private sector assets. Thus, as if to tell the obvious, different regions in different countries will have different reactions to the way their private companies react as central banks start acquiring their securities. Now, it's not necessarily true that once a central bank starts to buy private sector assets, it just goes and goes. A central bank will probably want to diversify the assets it holds on its portfolios and adjust that mix depending on which market it wants to affect in terms of interest rates, returns, changes in prices, profits, and so forth. And we show some of the more pronounced examples of this relationship between the holding of central bank assets in general and the holding of central bank's private sector assets. Particularly for Tajikistan, we see that even though its central bank is not one of the bigger asset holders in the world, it has a relatively large amount of private sector assets relative to some of the other economies such as Angola, Burundi, Macedonia. These economies tend to hold relatively little private sector assets irregardless of the size of their bank balance sheet, which is surprising because as I've just stated, if a central bank works anything like any other investment institution, you would expect and indeed you would want it to have different kinds of assets on its balance sheet, if not for diversification or risk purposes, then even for broader fiscal policy or macroeconomic management reasons. Now, continuing on this theme of central bank private securities purchases as helping investment, the infographic we see in front of us shows the correlation between these purchases and investment. And of course, we've removed the effects of broader monetary policy, because otherwise this correlation wouldn't tell us anything. For some countries such as Bangladesh, Mauritius, Venezuela, Senegal, a lot of African countries on this list, central bank private securities purchases have translated into larger amounts of investment. Different countries over time exhibit different correlations between the way their central bank purchases private assets and the way investment grows in these economies. To take two of the most salient examples from Albania and Bangladesh, even if the change is the same, namely, even if for every 5% increase in a central bank's purchase of private assets, we see a increase in investment, there might be a level effect. In other words, the central bank might be changing not only at the margin, but also in absolute terms, the investment happening in some of these economies. As we were discussing before, we found evidence of a sloth effect. It might be crowding out, and the infographic we see in front of us shows some of the negative correlations between these central bank private security purchases and investments, of course, after controlling for these other variables we talked about. 
Some of the countries with the largest negative correlation include places like Armenia, Tajikistan, Azerbaijan. Figure 29 shows the relationship for a group of countries where there is what we call the sloth effect, namely that when a central bank increases its purchases of private sector assets, investment actually decreases over time. And we simply document this phenomenon without actually commenting very much on it. Figure 50 shows what we label the true effect of central bank private asset purchases on investment. These estimates differ from the simple correlation analysis we provided earlier because a correlation is just one time. You get uh, 20 numbers, you decide on a correlation coefficient, and that's it you might have gotten 20 other numbers in a different state of the world. But in this figure 50, we try and simulate all states of the world for which those data probably came from. It's really only Panama, there is an effect greater than one, namely that a central bank purchase of private securities will have a more than proportional effect on investment. We do see positive effects and the blue bars we see in front of us show the 95% confidence interval of that effect in each of these jurisdictions. For the bottom part of this infographic, we see a fair amount of these countries having no discernible effect, namely the effect passes through zero, though in some cases there is a clear sloth effect in places such as Nicaragua, Georgia, Philippines. Again, we highlight Tajikistan. There are places where uh, central bank purchases of private securities have probably done more harm than good. Figure 51 shows what engineers call a transfer function. This transfer function look at the way central bank purchases bounce through an economy over time, or imagine these purchases get sent into a black box and then get sent out as investment. But remember that unlike some of the examples we were showing you earlier called vector autoregressions, we're not just doing this one time, we're not just sending one pulse through and looking at the results. Instead, in this transfer function, approach, we keep sending these private security purchases just as they've done in the past and looking at the aggregate effect over time. There are relatively strong initial effects shortly after these purchases, though the purchases also have an impact up to a decade later probably reflecting the time needed to bring large, highly profitable investment projects to fruition. 